the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 112, End of the Worlds. There had been a starburst, a gateway. He had navigated these cosmic corridors a thousand times, over a thousand years. But this time, something had gone very wrong. Elzar Kura was one of the Zero, a star being possessed of a graceful humanoid form and a striated pattern of orange and red played across his body at the rounded helm of his sleek rocket. Leaning forward, he plunged toward the gate. Despite the difficulty, and despite the danger, this was a maneuver he had performed before. The universe opened willingly its secrets to him, and what it would not share, he would intuit, and what he could not intuit, he would reason out and claim for his own. Elzar hauled now on the wheel, and it zagged down a hidden corridor in hyperspace, and this one, he suspected, was the way back home. It was only shortly after that the corridor began to collapse. This was not possible. The readings indicated that the passage was stable, but it was falling in on itself nonetheless. Elzar tried to compensate and ran some scans as his silver ship took on a burst of speed. The light was all around, shooting across every surface in the cockpit, highlighting the machinery and the glowing lights and the faces of his crew. And now the hull was starting to buckle and crack. He lifted a hand over the panel and a stream of cables shot out and merged with it. Elzar's eyes rolled into the back of his head as he felt the embrace of the machine. Gods! The universe was coming apart, and with it, everything he knew. On their ship's aft fins, a massive shockwave was coming, and it was catching up. And then, they caught them, and the ship exploded into a million sharp and gleaming pieces. A shower of cold metal shards over the backdrop of the stars and the night. And so the tale of Elzar Kura has been told to you, friends and allies. A catastrophe at the end of time. And yet sometimes, just sometimes, death is not the end for a Zerum star being. For if only their consciousness can find a suitable host, perhaps in the refuge of Another, the Zerum's millennial wisdom, might yet revive.
level up. Tiny the halfling, as safe as is possible in the company of the tribe of Nora. The halfling has reached level three. And the rolls proceed tonight. Will their stats improve? First, the physical stats. Strength. A three, no. Dexterity. A four, no. Constitution. A three, and there is no advancement. Those non-physical stats follow. For Charisma, Tani gets two rolls, one for their halfling side, and one for their Zerum side. First roll on Charisma, a three, and the second roll, a five. There are two rolls allowed, for Intelligence as well, here for the halfling side, and for the Zerum side. A six! Tani's Azirum Intelligence has gone to a 12. Let us see if the next roll takes it higher. A 1. Now two rolls remaining for Tani's Wisdom. Let's roll for their halfling side. A 4 and Zerum. A 4. And at last, Tani's life points go from 12 to 18. And their stats are laid out now, as follows. Strength 14, Dexterity 14, Constitution 9, Charisma, a 6 for their Halfling side, and a 5 for their Zerum side. The Intelligence of their Halfling mind, an 8. The Intelligence of their Zerum mind, a 12. And their Wisdom, Halfling 7, Zerum 16. Two personas in one small frame. Tani, you have secrets to reveal. Will you tell them to your new tribe? Or will you perish before your secrets can be told? Complete details for tonight's guest audio are in the show notes at theironrealm.blogspot.com The Iron Realm Podcast Copyright A.B. Lenzo And I, your Maze Master recognize with honor all ye contributors to tonight's show Ceremony Neringa Zoltoskaita Guinevere John Merle Hulse Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master Follows is one of a seven-part series for the Map Master, in which I will describe for you a new strategy for laying down maps in the Endless Realm. 
The strategy involves placing tiles down upon your sheet of Mapmaster's graph paper, and in so placing these, you'll ultimately reveal every secret of the Gnomish Homeland Beta 1. Part 2 Extending Tile Set 1 and Beta 1. So, Mapmaster, the last time we discussed, we began detailing Tile Set 1, a collection of six drawn tiles that can be used in lieu of the common maze shapes in order to lay out your random dungeon faster. So you'll need two sheets for this. The first is your tile set from last time, and the second is beta one. So take the tile set, and it is time to draw the second tile. Create a square that is seven by seven, with a door in the center of each side. Next, center inside of it a 5x5 five five room, which itself also has a door in the center of each of its sides. Then, within this 5x5 five five square that you have drawn, inscribe a circle. Make sure that each door is touched by a circle's edge to the north, south, east, and west. When this is finished, feel free to shade in those areas outside the circle that are within the 5x5 five five room, giving the impression that this central chamber has been carved directly out of the rock. Let's get a look once again at Beta 1. When generating this maze, it was earlier indicated by random die roll that the tile to be placed directly west of the centermost tile should indeed be the second entry of tile set one. But before I have you draw it in on beta one, let me outline just a couple basics about placing tiles. So last time we added to beta one, we had a tile number one at the very center, a tile number one directly north of that, and another tile number one just to the south of that. And in this case, you'll notice that tiles are meant to connect at the very center of each of their sides. So when I slide a tile type one against another tile type one, there is really no conflict since the open passage merges perfectly with the open passage on another tile. If I were to create a dungeon or a maze using only a tile of the first type, as indicated on tile set one, well, I could connect tiles indefinitely, sliding each against the other with no question whatsoever. But once in a while, two tiles might not match up perfectly so let's have some basic guidelines on what to do when the sides of two tiles are not a perfect match. So let's do a practical example. Return to your map of beta 1, and let's place the next tile, that being tile type 2. It goes at position 1214. That is to say that the upper left corner of this new tile is at that exact location. Tile type 2 has a door on it 
on its eastern wall, whilst tile type 1, located just east of it, has no door shown. In such a case where an empty passage is placed up against a door that is indicated, it should be assumed that the door does exist and that the previously open passageway dead ends at the door. I should also point out for tile type 2 that according to our tile set, we're expecting a door on the northmost face of the tile, on the southmost face of the tile, and on the westmost face of the tile as well. But it would not be wise to draw them yet, because we don't have an indication as to what the adjacent tiles will actually be. Which brings us to our second guideline. If two tiles, one next to the other, should bear a door on one and an impassable stone wall on the other, in such a case, the door should be ignored, assuming instead that only a stone wall is there. Further, with two tiles next to one another, if the connecting point of one tile is shown to be a door, but the connecting point of the tile against it is a secret door, then in such a case, the secret door should be assumed to take precedence, indicate the secret door instead, ignoring the regular door in such a case. And finally, if the dice ever show that you are meant to place a tile, but there is no space left for it upon your map, then in such a case, do not place a new tile. Rather, close off the tile that has led you here. There should be no open passageway, no door, or no secret door, only an impassable stone wall. And so, that's enough illumination for now. On your map, you've now placed down a new tile of tile type 2 at position 1214, and it is perfectly flush with the central tile to the east. It has a door on its eastern side, and although there is some expectation that there could be an additional door in the northernmost wall, an additional door in the westernmost wall, and an additional door in the southernmost wall, these are not actually indicated by you yet. You will have to see what tiles are adjacent before knowing absolutely if that door should be drawn there or not. So concludes the refinement, Mapmaster of Beta 1. I look forward to meeting you in a future session in order to detail more. <laughs>
to advance your tribe. New insights for the Uname, for the Gnomes, for the Mezari, and for all of the classic characters too. It's not available anywhere else this month because patrons get it first. The Iron Realm, Solitaire, Tribe Advancement, and Maze Masters Guide. And I'll tell you this too, it's worth signing up at the Deity Tier at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm because you'll get the book for less than any can hope for later on DriveThruRPG when it hits at a future time. One month only, grab it while you can. The Iron Realm, Solitaire Tribe Advancement, and Maze Master's Guide, compatible with your arena campaign or your own Maze Master's campaign. <laughs> but what? <laughs> I hear, traveler, that you want yet more, more for your contribution to the Iron Realm cause. How can your Maze Master deny you. Get a second book while you're at it. At no additional cost, the Iron Realm Gladiator's Guide Contest 7. The Cursed Armor is yours to obtain as well at the Deity Tier. Get them both. Why have one when you can have both? Plus the latest Arena Podcast, plus the latest bonus cast, plus an early release of the next chapter of the Iron Realm. Indeed, honestly, the next three, all of these will come to you. Plus all the gaming extras, plus a new Voices in the Void, over 500 offerings in all. <laughs> Even the stingiest gamer knows that this is a deal like no other. Sign up at the Deity Tier to take it all. Or join me as an Iron Realm God or Goddess, yet one level higher, and I'll help you custom design your own Iron Realm character profile with a recorded spotlight in the Iron Realm style, showing off the hero or heroine of your own imagining. Support the Iron Realm cause, worthy travelers. Show me your courage and your power, for with all of you alongside us, how can we fail, my allies? How can we fail? Level up. And so Marks of the Dwarves has hit character level 3, for it is of great significance that the Dwarven Elder has discovered a new clue about the fate of Kinshearth and the unmistakable elvish lord, Unther. I've got one of my clear purple d6s, one that's been lucky for me in the past. Will it be lucky for Marks? Let's find out. Strength? A six! Ha <laughs> ha! It's lucky already. Let's have that die again. 
Another six! <laughs> Two points to the strength, but will there be a third? A one. I'm still calling it lucky, for with a strength of 13 now, Marks will have a bonus in melee combat to hit and damage a ferocious dwarf, indeed. Let's see about his dexterity. A four and constitution. A two. Next, next, his charisma. A two. Anything for his intelligence? A four and wisdom. A five. Two points in strength, that's not bad at all. And I'm boosting his life points from a 16 to a 24. With his strength at 13 now, Marks will earn a 5% bonus to all level points earned from now on. He pushes on towards character level 4, needing 8,800 points to reach it. Trapped in the goblin realm, but now he sees the home of the dwarves here. Well done, Marks, for you. Even if you die here, we'll have come home. Dungeon Errata. As for the gnomes, some boon is had. For Mixman and Holiander have received then some inspiration of gnomish magic hitherto unknown to them. Perhaps their insights have been heightened by the experience of the shared discovery of the Goblin King's stolen gold, for this has been a symbol of their alliance with the tribe of Nora. Even as the gold is examined and taken, Polyander and Mixman are able to find the time needed to scrawl down these inspirations within their own spellbooks. Two spells of the gnomish kind, one is called What Are You? The other is Sparkle. following segment features fiction contributed by Taraka Dark on Twitter, a.k.a. John Merle Holes. John, thank you for your tale, which brings even greater depth and further revelations to those adventures partaken of in the Iron Realm. Travelers of the Maze The Water Bearers by John Merle Holes A Role Play of Winland in the Iron Realm for Chapter 2 A bellow of outrage filled the darkness. Winland crouched down and gave the howler, clad in burlap, a shove. The being fell down before him with a rush of air. More women's screams shrilled in the pitch black. Something large rolled from the falling form and he grasped at it. His fingers couldn't clutch the object. 
its curved surface too large, before his arms were restrained by others. He strained to throw them off, kicking out at one, which let out a grunted shout. What is it? cried another woman with a deeper voice. Should we run? A fist struck Winland, knocking his head sideways. He tugged in that direction, and the next blow must have hit one of those holding him, because the grip on the associated arm loosened. Then a boot kick winded him before he could recover his breath. Fists pummeled him from multiple directions. Winlin allowed himself to go limp, hoping to convince his captors that he was subdued. Eventually, the barrage subsided. A curved object, like the one that had fallen, found its way into his hands. Then more strong hands roughly pulled him to his knees, made him feel a hole in one end of the container, and next moved all into the hot spring. Then a softer form was shoved down beside him. Hey, don't push. He recognized her voice as the one whose hand had brushed against him earlier when he was soaking in the water. Her hand slapped over his on the container. Oh, I see. You want me to help him. Here, put your hand here. She lilted, moving his fingers over to grasp a handle about the container's neck. She pictured it as an amphora. With her other hand, she traced up his arm over his back and down his other arm to guide that hand to the amphora's other handle. It's going to get heavier. So you'll want to hold both while you're filling it. Her lips brushed his ear. He heard her murmur in the black. Thanks for stopping that slave from hitting me. Their kind think that they're better than us. Even when they're slaves, too. She drew away from him and spoke louder again. Okay, I have to fill mine. Try not to get yourself killed. Just do what they want, and they won't hit you too much. Most of the time. Oh, and my name is Lynn. Do you have one? Winland, he replied, his voice gruff. Slaves. No surprise that he was overborne when he tried to come to her aid. It must have been the guards who subdued him. He wondered what Len meant by their kind. Not human, he guessed. He tilted up the full container. A voice barked, and hands yanked it from his arms before thrusting another empty one into them. When he had filled the second, he was made to stand. Craggy hands made him hold the amphora to one side so he could carry the other with his other arm. After this beating, he struggled to support the combined weight. Len, he called, do you have to carry two of these? A shelf sent him in a direction away from the spring and he almost fell. He realized that his clothes were going to be left on the bank. No, she replied. Her voice concerned. They're angry with you. Level up. Gentle Twyla of the Uname, you level up tonight to character level four on tonight's 
Iron Realm. At the stroke of midnight, Twyla will become eligible for a new spell of spell level 2, granted by her god, Sylvanas. What dire tragedy has fallen upon her and her sisters. And yet, following despair, there comes inspiration and resolve as Twyla steals herself for the task ahead. Let us roll the d6 and see what else may be known. Against her strength, a five, and dexterity, a five, constitution, a six, and constitution again, another six. Let's keep it rolling, a three. She has a 14 now, which will boost her life points for every character level that she possesses, which means her maximum life points from now on will be 28. So I'm making that adjustment now to the Unicorn Girl's benefit. Beyond this, there is her charisma. A two and her intelligence. A one and her wisdom. A three. Twyla's new stats are as follows. Strength 10, Dexterity 9, Constitution 14, Charisma 10, Intelligence 9, and Wisdom of 11. Rise Uname, for your next challenge is only just ahead. Tribal Matters It is the 13th day of Sakaris, 1.40 p.m., when the tribe slips into the hall, entering position 3817 from the hidden chamber of Gamma One. Brevik the Dwarf has been handcuffed, whilst Paola and Kana have been mind-charmed by Orson. Paola has 12 life points out of 20, Brevik has 19 out of 27, Polyander has 14 out of 16, and Thora has 6 out of 9. And they are the lot of them, loaded up as far as they can go, with the gold they've acquired from the King's Secret Horde. The available spells for the group are as follows. Amazar, Door Denial, Len, Hands of Healing, Twyla, Illumination, Nim, Illumination, and Nora Hands, the ability ready of her silver sword. Whilst Kailana, Amazar, and Lilena have each memorized a portion of the greater spell, always open. Kailana having two portions memorized, Amazar, three, and Lilena, one. And Holiander has memorized the incantation required for the Gnomish Kingdom, Beta One. The marching order for the group is as follows. At the front, leading with their dark vision, Holiander and Mixman. Just behind would be Kana and Bardar. Behind them, Stockholm, who has taken charge of Brevik. Just behind them, Amazar and Solis. At the very center of the train is Brina and Kailana. And behind her, Tani and Lilena. Then Tanaka Nim. Then Nora and Twyla. Then Marks and Thora. And taking up the very rear, Orson and Paola. As is their usual way, they travel with all lights out. And a long length of hempen rope stretched from the front to the back in order to guide each of them on the way. Be 
being severely overburdened, whilst also being required to exhibit some caution in case of an ambush, the group will only be able to make it a mere 30 feet in the dark for every 10 minutes or so. There are many false starts and stops, and it is easy to be turned around in the maze. But despite this, they'll try to go as quickly and quietly as they can. Let's get some dice and see how far they get. Starting from the secret door of the hidden chamber, the group is able to approach the U-turn cautiously, making it to position 3822 by 2 o'clock. Let's have another roll. Yes. No roaming creatures indicated, though all are deadly terrified in case any threat should come. Looks like they've reached 3719, just outside the common lane. And now let's bring them around the corner for the final stretch. And yes, yet undiscovered, something seems to be coming from the north. The dwarves know from the map that they had memorized that it could be a battalion from the armory or perhaps from the training grounds. But the tribe picks up speed, traveling now down the long hallway to the west and somehow mercifully avoiding notice. I've got the head of the train at 3217 now. Let's have yet another roll. And it seems they are safe once again. And do they carry on? Moving closer, closing in on the crystal room. Perhaps they'll make it. The head is at 2717 now, having just passed Gorthak's armory, and they are breathing heavily in the dark, not tempted in the least by the gear and findings that lay hidden in the hunter's hoard. For they have only one goal left in mind. If they can only reach the crystal room, they might escape the king's notice entirely. It was a bad mistake to come here in search of the unicorn who was already dead. But the gold is theirs now, and escape is in reach. And it will not have been for naught if this clever tactic avoids a dungeon war. One more roll required. A nat one! Hot! Comes the voice of a dark elf woman. And the group freezes at the sound of bowstrings tightening all around them. We've come for the elven male, the one that you call Orso. We know your plan, for the Goblin King sees all, and what he sees, we know too. Get Orson into our care, and the King need know nothing, for we shall let you go free. But defy our will, and face the wrath of our lady. We shall slay you where you stand, and take the Elven Male by force. Mere steps away from the crystal room, and it seems all hope is lost. Nendra and her sisters, informed of their movements by the Goblin King, have descended upon them now, and a deadly confrontation is at hand. The next episode shall be 113, travelers. And as they say, 13 is an ill omen, a very ill omen indeed. Play hard or go home, Iron Realm! Stand with me at the ready. Indeed, this may be our last stand.